The Guardian. Welcome to the Guardian podcast. I've just stepped off the stage after finishing the recording here at the Gilded Balloon. Uh, Frank Woodley closed the show for today. Absolutely fantastic. The audience loved him. We also had John Pinnett, Nick Revel, and Paul McInnes from the Guardian. Enjoy. John Bennett has starred in films with Hollywood stars Gwyneth Paltrow, John Travolta and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he was in the last ever episode of Seinfeld. He's in Edinburgh performing his show I Say Nay Nay every night at the Underbelly. But don't let me tell you how funny he is. Let's hear what his audience last night had to say. Excellent. Really. Laugh a minute right... Well, more than a laugh a minute. Laugh a second right throughout. Just non-stop laughter. It was amazing. Very, very funny. Better than any of the stand-ups we've ever seen. Really funny. It's very, very funny. He's just excellent. Very clever man. Very witty. Welcome, John Pinnett. Thank you. Very nice to be here. John, welcome. Very kind of you to come down. This is like, oh, very comfortable chair. That's, are these from Ikea? Um. That's, that's my favorite place, Ikea. Oh, really? No, you have to put stuff together. Oh. <laughs> and, and they always say, like, you go to buy something, and they go, we'll see if it's at the, in the system. It's right, in, it's right here. <laughs> Help me get it in the car. <laughs> uh, now, uh, I'm getting along here. You're getting... It's been 10 days. It's my first time in Edinburgh. So I came in last Tuesday. The promoter meets me at the flat that I rented for a, a mere 5,000 pounds. <laughs> And I got a bargain. Oh, it is a bar. Edinburgh <laughs> Festival makes Disney World look like a nonprofit organization. <laughs> All right? It's. If, if you have any money left at the airport, do they make you put it in a bucket or something like that? This, this is a left wing newspaper. Apparently, we're spreading it out among everybody. <laughs> Communism doesn't work for me. And I'll tell you why. Uh, <laughs> Long food lines. Now, at the end of the downfall of the Soviet Union, did you know people were waiting in line four hours for bread? Well, that's when I get politically active. <laughs> if, that, if that happened in the States, I would be like, what's going on? I'd be outside the White House. Have you seen the queue? Let me in, I want to make a sandwich. But think about it, four hours in line for bread. If I wait four hours in line for bread, this better be great bread. I mean, I've had bread that I would wait four hours for, don't get me wrong. Four hours, you should go, did you have the bread? <laughs> so I came in here last Tuesday, and I knew nothing about Edinburgh, and I've had a wonderful time, I really have. But I knew nothing. I had the 5,000 pound flat, and the promoter gave me the keys and says, you live in Edinburgh now, have fun. What, what, where, what, where is everything? Where, <laughs> I, I'm at the window like Oliver. Where is love? And I have a washer slash dryer. We don't have those. I like approach, I backed off from it like an Ewok. <laughs> but I, I'm learning though. Well, uh, well, John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, 
<laughs> I'm doing a restaurant review after this. Oh, <laughs> yes. Have you, have you tried much of the uh, local cuisine? I have, and my arms started to go numb. <laughs> so I called my physician. No, I, I, I have had some of them. You know, I'm, I've had enough chips, really, though. I can't, would you like some more chips? No, thank you. <laughs> I would, when I'm crying for a salad, I've had too many chips. Uh, so go ahead, my friend. By the way, you're great in Elizabeth and Raleigh. Oh, you're, you're I've very... I've seen it a few times. Have you seen it? Nobody's... It's very good. If yeah. you ever need a Henry VIII, let me know. <laughs> I'll walk in there with a drumstick. Thank you very much. <laughs> Well, my employers, the Guardian and Observer Group, describe it as a creaking historical comedy, so it's nice to have that corrected. It, it, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really fun. Oh, well, bless you. You've got excellent taste. Thank um, you. Do you have a, a lot of American fans coming to the show here? On Sunday, we, we, there were a lot of people from the U.S., uh, there was a, a group that's, uh, there's some high school theater groups over here, and one came in last week, and one came in on Sunday, and uh, I tour a lot, I tour quite a bit in Canada, so, uh, so uh, I've had a number of Canadians come in. Because uh, another show I'm in is on right after yours, and we come straight in as soon as you're, you're finished, and there's always a huge baying mob of... Uh of youths at the front, desperate to have their photos taken with you yes, and, well, and to touch any part of you. you know, there's, uh, 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 apparently, I, I've been around for so long, it's, it's start, I've been handed down to the, to the younger generation. <laughs> Are you, cause, uh, you, you were in the last ever episode of uh, Seinfeld. I was, yes. Uh, does that, it wasn't a big deal. It's not like, oh, I, they needed a big guy. <laughs> and they called me up. Mark Hirschfeld, the casting director, who is now head of casting at NBC, said, we need a big guy. Get over here. <laughs> and I said, what's it for? He said, shut up. It's a secret. <laughs> and really, I was a carjack victim. <laughs> and they were arrested because they didn't help me. You know, they just kind of made fun of me while I was being carjacked. And there was a good Samaritan law, so they all got arrested. And uh, I was, I shot, I was scared to death. It was the last, it was huge in the States. It was like the Super Bowl numbers as far as people seeing it. So I was scared to death, but all I had to do was jump out of a car and go, Officer! Officer! <laughs> And then I ate craft services for the next six days. <laughs> and it wasn't like, like coffee and water over there. It was like, I mean, a guy carving turkey, a pasta bar. Very nice. Does, does, that, does that mean do, do you get uh, recognized all over the world as a result of that? You know what? I, I, I get recognized for silly little things. I, I, I've done like, uh, well, in my younger days, I toured with Frank Sinatra for about a year. W and that was a lot of fun. You toured with Frank Sinatra? I did. He, he, uh, the musician you know, he and used, gangster. He rotated comedians, and I was, uh, I did. On a know, rotisserie? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> he, he thought I was Gleason. They didn't tell him. <laughs> How are you, Frank? <laughs> and, uh, and with the last episode of Seinfeld, and I did Hairspray on Broadway, my career is much mirrors Forrest Gump. I kind of pop up different places, really. Uh, I, hairspray I enjoyed probably uh, the most. I'm are you, going are you on a break there. from that at the moment? Yes. And I, I played the part of a woman. Uh, it's the only thing they had for me, and that's just my life. John, do <laughs> you want to be in a musical? It's a lead. Broadway, yeah, put this dress on <laughs> and shave your eyebrows. They made me shave my eyebrows 
And you don't think of that. You th I think you have to do whatever you have to do to make the part great. And they said you have to shave your eyebrows. I didn't know that for two years I would be walking around with no eyebrows. <laughs> and it's horrifying, really. Uh, I look like a cherubic Uncle Fester. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> when you have no eyebrows, people don't know what's wrong. But they're pretty sure something ain't right. <laughs> and maybe we should take the next elevator, honey. <laughs> Two years of kids, get out of the pool. He has no eyebrows. You know what I love here in Scotland that is amazing to me is that some of the food, although I couldn't eat it on a consistent basis, I'm almost out of cholesterol medication. <laughs> I, I was in Tesco the other day. I shop at Tesco now. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, there was nothing at the apartment. You think yeah. five grand, you, she should have left something. <laughs> Leave a ham. <laughs> so, sorry I've overcharged you. I've just bought a condo in Belize with the money. Here's a ham. So I went to Tesco and I saw sausage potato chips. Now in the States, I've been telling them for years, this potato chips needs sausage. But they won't listen. Here they have it. They'll put anything in a potato chip here. I love that. I love the spirit of it. Uh, how? You quite don't know what to say, do you? Well, I'm just amazed I need to say anything. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, how, many, uh, how many weeks a year are you out on the road? 40. Uh, in a row, do you take a 12-week holiday at the end, or is that uh, you? Um, actually, I, can, I have a place in uh, LA, and I have a place in Pennsylvania, so I can you know, cut away for a few days. And it, it's not as, as hard as it sounds, and, and I, do, I do love it. So. What's, uh, what's it like doing the, uh, doing the L.A. thing? Uh, the L.A. thing is, is, is fine because I'm, I'm never in any place long enough to get sick of it. So <laughs> I, I, I enjoy pretty much every place I am. I was in Des Moines, Iowa last year. And Des Moines, not a lot to do in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, the stage was great and the show was great, but I tell this story in my act. Uh, there was a, a rib festival in town, and the owner of the club didn't tell me until three days in, like, oh, by the way, there's a rib festival in town. Like, I should have gotten off the plane, and he should have said, there's a rib festival in town. He met, hey, by the way, you want to go look? First of all, he was talking with a southern accent. Iowa is not in the south, so he's making it up. He's, you know, he's been watching too much TV. I'll tell, I'm from Iowa. Yeah, well, that's not how people talk, so that was annoying. Then he said, there's a rib festival in town. Would you be interested in something like that? Get in the car! <laughs> I... I go there, and it's like Willy Wonka's factory, but with ribs. <laughs> Come with me, and you'll see a world of sheer imagination. I'll be like Augustus Gloop slurping from the barbecue sauce river. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, John Panette. Thank you. Uh, John Burnett is on every night at the Cow Barn at the Underbelly. Uh, do your very best to come along and see his show. Uh, please stay with us till the end of the podcast. I will, and I'll keep my mouth shut. No, no, you go for it. OK. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Paul McInnes is the entertainment editor for Guardian.co.uk. He's here now to give us his top tips for the Fringe so far. Paul McInnes! <laughs> <laughs>
Paul, lovely to see you. Uh, now, uh, we want to talk to you about what you've seen, what you recommend, and your thoughts on oh. The Fringe so far. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we need to see where Paul McInnes is on the Guardian Journalist leaderboard. They get free tickets for every show, but to just how many will they go? The Guardian leaderboard. The Guardian leaderboard. Uh, now, this is the Guardian leaderboard, the aim of which is to see uh, uh, how many shows uh, a Guardian journalist has managed to see in a day. Now, we've heard uh, Brian Logan, uh, Leah Benedictus, their first equal on seven. Uh, Laura Barnett, third place, six. Way down at the bottom, Paul McInnes, one. You've, you, is that, is that I, still I, I, your that record? Show, I did put my full concentration on. I re- <laughs> I'm oh, really do you have, like, a part-time that. job or something? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been employed basically cleaning up the flat for everybody else. Oh, nobody, okay. has, nobody has any standards of hygiene in my place. It's all down to me. I, had, I got a note from the £5,000 flat person that Ina was the housekeeper and she was on holiday. <laughs> okay. That's £250. Plus, it's weird now going, she comes back on the 15th, and I have to call and go, Ina? <laughs> It's John. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> you, you said you weren't going to talk. I won't. I won't. Uh, now, uh, I've seen three in a day. <laughs> well, well, Miles, I, I'm, I'm glad you've left that gaping white space just above where my name is currently because I'm going to wow you now. I have increased my daily turnout by a whopping 300%. So, for the benefit of the listeners, that is how many? Three. Three. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, so, three. So, you're, you're, you're still in last place. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm content about that. I'm not a competitive guy. You know? No, no, but uh, it's good to have thrice the dignity. Um, <laughs> uh, Plus, you are in charge, aren't you? So. Well, that's right. That's I mean, what, what is more important is that there's high productivity amongst everybody else. Yes. Because right. if, if, if Leo Benedictus strolls in tomorrow and goes... I've done half a show, what are you going to do about it? That, that reflects <laughs> badly on me. They call me. Paul, you're out of a job. We hear there's a cleaning going. <laughs> Until the 15th. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Ina's back then. <laughs> of course, in order for that to count, you have to be able to tell us what those three shows are. Right. I saw Matt Green, Russell Kane, and I saw Des Clark. So you've got a kind of a young ingenue, You've got a hot rising star who occasionally appears on Big Brother. And then you've got probably one of the most prominent stand-ups in Scotland, Des Clark. Des Clark, I wouldn't say he's particularly pushing the boundaries of comedy, but he does have a joke for every single town in Scotland. <laughs> it's, qu- it's quite amazing. So he goes there and, he, and he's like, so where are you from? Dumfries. Ah, Dumfries. 25 roundabouts. <laughs> Airdrie. Ah, smackheads there. Dundee. Actually, Dundee, he, do, he does jam, jute and junk. So he actually repeats the heroin joke, but still, he was very good. But Russell Kane, I would say, is right up there for me. Russell Kane, I, when I was on before, I said I like John Richardson, and Russell Kane is in a, a similar vein. They're both kind of guys who live in slightly unfashionable parts of England and like to and kind of uh, take the piss out of their own <laughs> failings and bigotries and all that sort of stuff. And he does it with a, a real degree of vigour and verve, and I like him a lot. Favourite show of all, though? Didn't see it on that night. Nina Conti, ventriloquist, has a rude monkey. And she's also, she's also the daughter. 
You don't hear that much. No, you don't. That's it. It's a, she's cornered the rude monkey. That's a rude market. monkey. <laughs> that monkey's rude. <laughs> she's also the daughter of Tom Conti, as some of you may well be aware. And Tom Conti makes an appearance as a puppet, which is very good. There's a good... There's a, there's what? a kind of, there's a cute... Uh, there's a puppet of Tom Conti. There's a great or? puppet of Tom, Con Tom Conti who, like, nearly dies on stage. It's really tragic, like, where somebody's trying to kind of deal with the imminent old age of their parents through ventriloquism. It's, uh... <laughs> it's... Where is this? This, this is at the Pleasance. This is at the Pleasance. I did the assembly with Frank. We did that one. What, it's the one... Eight flights of steps... I wanted to ring a bell and get a hunchback by the time I got to the top. Sanctuary! <laughs> Tom, uh, Tom Conti lives quite uh, near me in London, or at least used to, and he keeps his profile high by having endless battles uh, and, uh, with the uh, local parking association, <laughs> uh, which he, he, he's always on the, uh, on, the, on the newspaper hoarding. There was a hoarding once I walked past it says, uh, Conti wins battle with parking pirates. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Finally, he's got some work again. Oh, no, it's just the council. Uh, Paul, what's going to be ringing in your ears as you leave Edinburgh? Well, the sound of laughter, naturally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, there's a, just, just one... It's not going to be in my ears, it's going to be in my mental eye. You know how there's all, on the Royal Mile, there's all these people giving out leaflets and stuff all the time, and they're usually kind of really jumped-up students, and they shove them in your face like that? There is one person who's going around advertising a comic play. He's about 75. He's dressed entirely in black and he has a beard that goes all the way down to his belly button. He looks like the Grim Reaper. He walks a slow death march up and down all day without saying a word, just holding up flyers. Obviously, nobody takes them because you think you might, get, you might just instantly collapse to the ground and die. <laughs> yes. And that image will stay with me, I'm afraid, probably for the rest of my life, and not in a good way. I just feel like it's uh, that little fringe area is just walking into like a thousand Jehovah Witnesses. <laughs> it's just, here's a pamphlet for you. No, for the, for the first couple of days, you know, I had my cherub-like demeanor. Thank you very, you know what? I'll try to see it. I have a show, but I'll try to see it after the fourth day. For the love of God, don't give me another. We've chopped down so many trees. Is there a rainforest left? Paul McInnes from The Guardian. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> It is now time for a BAFTA and an Emmy winner, a Perrier nominee and a man described by The Guardian themselves as one of the most incisive comics on the circuit, performing nightly throughout August right here at the Gilded Balloon. Please welcome Nick Revel! Uh, Nick, hello. Welcome to The Guardian podcast. Thank you. Are you well? I am. I'm having a really good time. Yeah. I've barely been drunk, which is fantastic because I like drinking a lot. You know, because the alternative is being sober all the time and uh, <laughs> I think you need the odd... Yeah, as I said to you good, uh, goodbye to you last night at one o'clock in the Guild of Balloon Bar, yes. I thought, I'm glad Nick's staying off the source <laughs> at the moment. Well, believe me, uh, comparatively, oh, right. <laughs> what I can do, you know. Oh, right. But, it, you know, there are dangers to excessive drinking. you just got to look at what the... Georgian government's foreign policy has been recently. I mean, there, there was a decision that was taken on too many crates of vodka, wasn't it? Let's launch a surprise attack on Russia. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that our army is 24 times smaller than theirs will be balanced out by the fact they won't be expecting us to attack at night. <laughs> now, uh, uh, you were nominated for the Perrier in 1987. I was. 
Uh, has the uh, Edinburgh Festival changed at all over the um, last 21 well, years? Well, I'm sober uh, <laughs> <laughs> this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just expanded so much more. And I think there, there, there is more kind of... Uh, there's more kind of corporate approach, particularly, I think, to the comedy. And I mean that in the broadest sense, rather than using corporate as an automatically dirty word. I mean, just the fact that there's more people here, so, you know, you have to work harder to get a little bit of a space in the tree canopy and so on and um but that's the way it goes i think it's a it's a healthy sign isn't it the fact that somehow it can sustain this massive amount of uh, performance uh, and you're uh, you practice uh, tai chi is that correct yeah i do, do, you as, te- a, do you as, teach as a martial it? art rather than as a, a sort of tamazapan ballet which some people <laughs> think that's that's all it is, but it is a fairly useful martial art if you do it well enough. Hmm. Oh, right, because you, because uh, I should say, Nick, uh, Nick saved me uh, <laughs> uh, earlier this year. I had, would you believe it, uh, crowd trouble in Tunbridge Wells. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, Nick, Nick Revel was my Mr. Darcy. <laughs> 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 you, you were amazing that, that day. I mean, you, the, the man can fight. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, well, I, it had to be done, really, didn't it? it was, uh, I, I was, uh, 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 I'd been bantering with a man for, I call it banter, it was, it was self-defence. It was 11 or 12 minutes. And Nick just walked calmly up to the stage. Nick was comparing, and he went, shall I bounce him? <laughs> and I said, you know, would you? And, uh, and he just went in. I, I, yeah, I, I felt sorry for the guy because he was, you know, he was a little bit um, disconnected from, I suppose, various spheres of reality. But and I, I, I don't like to humiliate people in, in the audience. I really don't. But this guy was clearly just he'd gone too far, and he tried it delicately, didn't I? I mean, he, oh, yes. he, he had a rolled up cigarette, and he, it was coming up to the interval. So I thought, oh, I can get him out because the, the best thing about if you use a martial art is not having to use it. You know what I mean? And 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 I said to him, look, you know, why don't you just go outside and have your cigarette now because it's coming up to the interval and you know then you because you don't really you're not really meant to talk to the comics like that I'm talking <laughs> I'm trying to do this while Miles is performing <laughs> but they were in the middle of the audience and, and he just didn't get it so um, it was just weird the way that you remember a crisis like that and the way it comes back to you because I thought I was saying right you are leaving now and then I grabbed him by the arm and I just tweaked it a little bit and he walked to the back of the room well because I was tweaking his arm and, <laughs> and and he left very politely um, but we were in the, we were in the kebab shop obviously because that's what comedians do after a gig it's a glamorous thing you go from the gig to the kebab shop to the railway station and there were a couple of people who've been in from the show I don't know if I should be proud of this but they they said oh you know really well done and I loved it because it was you know you've been so gentle with him and then you said if you don't fucking get out now I'm gonna seriously fuck you up and <laughs> I get so angry about violence on any level that right. I'm really so prone to punching people. It, <laughs> yeah. I got, I, 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 and it just comes out of nowhere, you know. It really, really does. And I, I, like, I'm doing a bit about Keith Vaz at the moment because, you know, John will know that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of cheap shots about American foreign policy and the American image in the world. And I, I do a few, and then I try and redress the balance by saying that, and I genuinely mean this, that despite the disaster of the last eight years, it's truly a magnificent country and the fact they've got a written constitution and that in that constitution is written, you know, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. It, it, it's, it, it's such a brave and, and optimistic attempt, you know, to, to build a human society decently and well, and okay, despite all the 
screw-ups. But Other than our foreign policy, exactly, yeah. individually, we're not looking <laughs> to piss anybody off. Yeah, precisely. We really aren't. We just yeah. want to get by. And, That's all. And so I say, I, I, I do do some, some trashing of, of, of... Actually, I was in a... Funnily enough, it's a food-related joke, because I was in Paris with an American friend funnily of mine. Funnily enough. Funnily enough. Yes. And I, but I swear to God, this really Are happened. Are you looking at him? I'm looking... Yes. <laughs> like to Anyone who look at me, you know, I don't mind. You know, but I was genuinely in a restaurant in Paris with an American friend, and the waiter came up and my friend Steve said do you have a vegetarian option on the menu and the waiter said yes chicken salad <laughs> and Steve not yes. surprisingly said oh, I don't believe chicken is a vegetable it is in France <laughs> and besides if you can say you have brought peace and stability to Iraq then I think we can say that chicken <laughs> is a vegetable but but despite and, all that... And if they can say that they won World War II, <laughs> then we can say... Yeah. I had, I had an interviewer um, on the, uh, uh, online call me uh, too American. And I, I don't know what that means. I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> I'm going to act more American today. Uh, I, think I'm me. Too, I think I'm too English, which is why, you know, all my anger gets sort of repressed down. And then I think, like Keith Vaz, as I was saying, you know... We haven't got a written constitution. The only bit of our constitution that was written down, Magna Carta, we've just effectively ditched for, well, the price of it, a £200 million bribe to the Ulster Unionists to vote for it. You couldn't even buy Chelsea Football Club's midfield for £200 million. <laughs> 800 years of the fundamental right of civil liberty, habeas corpus, now thrown out the window. People can be detained for 42 days without charge. And the other price of it... A knighthood in the pipeline for Keith Vaz, <laughs> the walk-in x-ray of the self-serving, unprincipled, greasy pole-climbing politician. He can be in more places at once than a subatomic particle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I genuinely find this quite disturbing about me, you know, that I, you know, I'm an idealist, I like people to be nice to each other, and at a certain point it's just click and I really want to put him over. You know, maybe it's because I come from Yorkshire. I don't know. <laughs> Nick Revel is appearing nightly at 6.45 right here in the Gilded Balloon. I've only seen four shows this year. Nick's was one of them. Uh, please do go and see it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please thank Nick Revel, Paul McInnes and John Pinnett. Thank you. <laughs> My final guest sold over 125,000 tickets on his goodbye tour as Perrier award-winning Leno and Woodley He's back this year on his own. Please give a big guardian welcome to Frank Woodley. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. This is the saddest song that I know. So if you don't like sad songs, then maybe you should go. It's all about a boy who was born with an unusually enormous head. The other kids wouldn't play with him. They'd just point and laugh instead. He didn't have any friends. He was all alone. And in his huge head, he had a huge brain. And this is where the sad part of the story really kicks in. Because the part of his brain that was grotesquely overdeveloped and working at ten times its normal capacity was the bit that has the function of making a person 
feel bad about themselves when other people point and laugh at them for being different. Sad song. Um, it's actually, it's, it's been, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm still a bit spacey because I've just come straight from a, a holiday in northern uh, Australia and uh, I went on one of those crocodile tours uh, where you, you know, you go on a boat and you see crocodiles and stuff and I just thought I'd pass on, just in case you're ever in uh, northern Australia on a crocodile tour, the guy who ran it, he told me two things that I think are probably worth passing on to probably everybody I meet from now on. Um, uh, the, the good news is, if you're chased by a crocodile, uh, you should climb a tree because uh, crocodiles can't climb trees. <laughs> but the bad news is uh, they can sit uh, at the bottom of the tree <laughs> waiting for you to come down for up to 18 months. <laughs> what does a snake do when it feels like having a bit of a lie down? <laughs> at school, I was very successful at spelling bees. Other words I found more difficult. <laughs> Everybody get up and dance! Everybody just sit there and look! I got a job working as a contortionist. I had to squash myself into a tiny box. I gave it up after a week because mm, I just couldn't get into it. <laughs> oh, that's shocking. Don't, I don't think that deserves applause. That's the first time that joke's ever gotten applause. Normally, people rush to the stage and, and do to me what... <laughs> they bounce me, basically, normally. Uh, but luckily, I'm made of rubber, so it's kind of fun. All right. Um, the, 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 um, oh, I might contradict myself, but at least I don't contradict myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the, I want to sing a... Uh, I want to sing... A, I actually, I went and visited my uh, grandmother recently, and I said to her, I said, um, Nana, don't you... Because she's got all these, like, um, bars on her windows. And I said, Nana, don't you think this security's just... <laughs> you know, it's a little bit over the top. And she said, well, Frank, I did kill all those people. <laughs> I want to, this is, um, this is actually, none of this stuff's in my show that I've done yet, but this song is. In my show, I do play a kind of a, uh, one of the characters I play, just very briefly, is a sort of a bluesy uh, sort of dude, and uh, I want to sing uh, just a short song uh, that he does in my show. So, uh, uh, here we go. Um, oh, how does it, uh, I know. Um, yeah, g'day, how are yous? Good to see yous. Um, you know, I reckon uh, the only song worth singing has got two ingredients. One, love. Two, heartbreak. The only difference between heartbreak and love is emphasis. Like, for example, take the statement, you made love to me, a soulmate I discovered. Take that same statement, put the emphasis in different places. You haven't got, you made love to me, a soulmate I discovered. You've got, you made love to me, a soulmate I discovered. <laughs> it's a subtle difference, but it makes all the difference. Uh, I want to sing a short song about the first time I ever made love to a lady. Yeah. Said it was short. Uh, but I got, uh, I got better with practice. And I've got to tell you, in recent times, during my lovemaking, I haven't had any complaints. Well, I have had some complaints, but they've been from the neighbours. Before I met you, I was feeling down. 
before I met you I wore a frown But you changed my life, girl And I tell you how I was real sad then I'm suicidal now But the sex Woo! I've never had a lover that's gone all night Why were you gone all night, by the way? I was lonely You are my sunshine Too much exposure to use bad for my health Yeah, you give me a reason to live Revenge! <laughs> the way that our romance has gone Is not how I thought it would be Like when you said that you wanted to try A threesome just to see When I reluctantly agreed I just assumed I'd be one of the three Before I met you I was feeling down Before I met you I wore a frown But you changed my life, girl And I tell you how I was real sad then I'm suicidal now Thanks very much. The marvellous Frank Woodley there. My thanks also to John Pinnett, Paul McInnes and the wonderful Nick Revel. Please keep downloading these podcasts. Go to guardian.co.uk slash Edinburgh for more information. I'm off to have a latte with my personal security guard, Nick Revel. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.